Blue Wire. The San Diego Chargers select Joey Bosa. Oh, here comes Bosa. The Los Angeles Chargers select Derwin James. All right, all right, settle down, settle down. And I say that because there's no way that you guys are still seated after listening to an intro like that. Man, I am juiced. My slacks are tightened. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad we finally got that done. Shout out to my guy Charlie, who's doing all the intros, brand brand new intros, to get everyone a little extra hyped when these Blue Wire podcasts come to town, uh, whether it's NFL NBA, future stuff like baseball, guys. We're going to have it all. Holy cow. Thank you so much, Charlie. Such a badass intro. Super, super pumped about it. It's just the exact way that I want to get this podcast started, and hopefully you guys kind of feel the same way, man. Just ready to talk some Chargers ball. Uh, It's hard for me to kind of sit still at the moment as well. So I'm going to fight through it, though. We've got to fight through it. Charlie, again, thank you for delivering And guys, on the topic of delivery, we always have special deals going on here at BlueWire.com. So please don't forget your guys' promo code BLUE at ShipStation.com slash BlueWire. Make sure you guys get all your packages straightened out. They get to the people that need to at the best prices and all that good stuff. Here we are, episode 11, the Powder Blue Review. As always, I am your host, Michael Peterson. This is a Blue Wire podcast. Make sure to subscribe to all of our great podcasts over there at the Blue Wire Network. It's been a good week since we last spoke. The Chargers have had another week of training camp practices, including two joint practices with the Los Angeles Rams, one on Thursday, the last one yesterday on Saturday. I am obviously recording this on Sunday to get out to you beautiful people on a Monday morning. Both practices went really well. We will recap kind of the highlights about both those practices in today's show. We're also going to go over the new additions to the team as well on August 1st and 2nd. The team waived a couple of players, added back just as many. And then we'll go over the recent standouts from training camp, especially the two practices against the Rams. And touch on a little bit of the news with the Melvin Gordon stuff. A few new key pieces, excuse me, have come out, but nothing that really moves the needle too much. And then we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show with a little bit of a preview of the team's first preseason game going up against the Arizona Cardinals that at, that is at, excuse me, University of Phoenix Stadium. They got a lot of exciting young rookies over there, highlighted by the first overall pick in Kyler Murray. So that game is going to be super interesting and can't wait to really dive into what to expect with that game. We're going to go ahead and kick things off with the new guys on the team. August 1st, the Chargers signed, and and get this because you've probably heard this joke before plenty of other times. He's been in the league a couple of years, but uh, the Chargers signed defensive tackle D-liner. D-liner for a defensive lineman. You just can't write this stuff. I'm... I don't even know what to say about it. But in a corresponding move, they waived tight end Daniel Helm, who's a former undrafted free agent pickup that the team signed after the 2019 draft out of Duke. Um, Well-known name, actually, was a top recruit as a tight end coming out of high school. Had a little bit of an underwhelming career with the Blue Devils. I think he finished his career with, like, under 300 yards. I think he had two total touchdowns his entire career, but was a decent blocker. A lot of people had him as a favorite, maybe one of the top five uh, undrafted free agents that they thought could make the team. But unfortunately, he had one of the worst drops you could ever see, could even imagine, for an undrafted free agent to make during a practice. Essentially, what this looked like was, I think it was a corner route, and he essentially turned the wrong way for the pass, and then 
held up his hands or turned his hands up a wrong way to catch the ball. And it was just, at least as far as I heard and saw, the most awful, awful thing you could ever do. And apparently it was just so bad, uh, the team just could not deal with it anymore and had to get rid of this man. So, Liner is in. Started out at the University of Alabama for a year or two before transferring to Arkansas State, where he finished his final two years of college and was a undrafted free agent of the Kansas City Chiefs following the 18 draft uh, and signed in early 2019, earlier this year, with the Tennessee Titans, but hasn't done too much in terms of uh, being a professional. Hasn't had any actual game time, but uh, has some potential. Has some potential. I know he was kind of a standout guy during the draft process last year. Obviously, his name helped him you know, get a few eyes and ears on him, but uh, we'll see. I think right now the team just kind of needs some bodies and uh, especially guys at those important trench positions. So I really do like this signing, and uh, we'll see if he becomes of anything. Secondly, uh, the next day, August 2nd, the Chargers waived injured uh, Trevon Johnson, who you guys may know as uh, the guy who kind of messages everybody and is trying to grow his you know YouTube station that he does with uh, his family, and he does a lot of cool giveaways. I know he did a big one with uh, Mother's Day, trying to win or get moms to, I think it was just subscribe, uh, say a few things in the comment section, and maybe he could win two tickets to um, you know, a game or, or something like that. So anyway, great guy, great guy. I've heard nothing but the best stuff about him. But unfortunately, he's gone from the team, and the team also waived injured uh, center guard Cole Toner, who was active actually most of the year in 2018 just because of his versatility. Former Harvard Crimson guy. And funny enough, they end up signing another Harvard guy. Uh, Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But yeah, Cole Toner has unfortunately been injured most of training camp, so the team decided to let him go. But in his place, the team signed Larry Allen Jr. And I know that my, my name might sound quite familiar if you guys are you know football historians whatsoever. He is the son of a pro football Hall of Famer from the Cowboys and the Niners. Larry Allen, one of the strongest guys to ever play in the NFL. I think he had over a 700-pound bench. That sounds right. I think he, someone noted he also almost squatted over 1,000 pounds. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. But his son has taken you know, a little bit of a different route. Uh, he went to Harvard, like I said before, undrafted uh, this past year after the 2019 draft. A little bit of a weird path in college. So he was a first-team All-Ivy League selection in 2016 and in 2018. But the crazy thing is he actually left the Harvard football team in 2017, didn't play football in 2017, but came back and was still, I guess, in tip-top shape to, to be able to make, you know, first team all Ivy League as well. Started all 10 games his senior year of college, but recently was just cut from the Dallas Cowboys. I know, so sad. Uh, you wish, you know, that story could have worked out where he played and was successful with his father's team, but unfortunately not. So 6'3", 290 offensive guard. The Chargers have a new body in the offensive line. They also had another offensive lineman who spent time with the Chargers in uh, 2018, actually. His name is Jamar McGloster. He spent 2018, like I said, a little bit with the Chargers. Most recently, he was with the Oakland Raiders. Um, spent some time as well with Detroit and San Francisco last year. He played 30 total games at the University of Syracuse with 24 consecutive starts at the right tackle position from 2016 through 2017. I like what they did with these. Uh, the Chargers need bodies. They honestly do. Offensive line is still such a weak spot. Um, Russell Kung stuff. Feeney taking a big step back. There's just not a lot of very, very, very 
sure thing impact players along the offensive line and the fact that they're able to bring in you know another guard and larry allen another tackle a guy who's six seven 305 pounds in gloucester really isn't that bad of an idea so i like what they're doing here uh but most definitely these moves essentially are just to get some bodies into uh, camp excuse me and bodies that can actually play during the preseason game because there's no point in holding on roster spots with guys who aren't able to show what they can do at least in the first playoff or excuse me preseason game I think it might have been insane playoff that whole time, but preseason games, guys, they want to see guys play, see what they got on the roster as of right now. So I'm excited about it. Maybe these guys will play a little bit in the first game. I know they'll definitely play maybe in the second and third game as well, but excited to see it. Some quick notes on the Melvin Gordon situation is that we now officially know that the offer initially made to Gordon and his agent was this was right on $10 million a year. They called it disrespectful. It still would have made him the fourth highest paid running back in the NFL, but Gordon didn't like it. His agent, Demarius Bilbo, didn't like it. And supposedly his agent started requesting a trade or looking for trade suitors uh, for his client. And Tom Telesco didn't like this. Tom Telesco didn't like it at all. So he definitely put a stop to this, told his agent that he's not able to negotiate uh, for trades, definitely not able to negotiate on behalf of the Chargers. So good thing for Tom Telesco to kind of nip that in the bud. But most recently, and this is kind of some juicy stuff, guys, on a NFL rumor website, or I think it was an Instagram, actually, um, he put up, whoever owned this account, put up a trade rumor that said that there are inklings out there that Melvin Gordon might be in talks with the Houston Texans to possibly figure out a trade. And the thing is, and on Instagram, if you guys are big on social media, you can see who likes posts. Melvin Gordon liked this Instagram post. So if you follow Melvin Gordon and happen to see this post on Instagram, it said liked by Melvin, which is his Instagram handle. And that kind of makes you think, is this Melvin Gordon trying to just stir up nothing? Is he fond of the idea of possibly going to the Texans? I mean, probably they're a young, exciting team with Deshaun Watson and those exciting receivers, Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins, who's obviously just a 99 in Madden, who wouldn't want to play for this team. And, And their running back room is kind of... Minimal. It's not the best. They actually just cut a former draft pick done to Foreman for lack of work work ethic or something along those lines. But besides Lamar Miller, they don't have uh, running backs, honestly, in that room right now. So it could work out. But at the same time, I don't think the Texans have someone that the Chargers would want in return. They don't have any good offensive tackles, no really good offensive linemen in general. Um, they don't have a running back that we would probably take in return. There are no defensive linemen. I mean, Jadavion Clowney hasn't been signed, and yeah, he'd be a good get, but you'd have to sign Clowney and then pay him, and they're not going to pay Clowney if they're not going to pay Gordon when they have all these other contracts going on. So I just don't see how it's honestly going to happen. But anyway, it's interesting. If you want to guys want to keep your eyes on that, put money down. Maybe if you've got a bet somewhere that Gordon might end up with the Houston Texans. At this point, I think it would just be picks. Maybe get a player in return. But for the most part, I think picks is the way to go if that were to happen. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website... ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Blue Wire listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all the major carriers including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. 
so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. Segwaying into our recap of the two practices, joint practices with the LA Rams over the last couple of days, uh, number one thing, I think the biggest thing to take away is uh, there was no fights. And I don't know what side of the fence you are on whether or not fights are good or bad. I think there's two camps of thoughts here. There is, okay, good, no fights. No one got hurt. Teams were respectable, professional. And that's kind of what Anthony Lynn said in his post-conference, post-practice presser, excuse me. And uh, it's a good way to look at it. You know, there's no ruffians, no fighting, no potential injuries. There's no bad press, you know, to say that the Rams did this, the Chargers did this to start a fight and stuff like that. And I think those are both good ways to kind of look at that. Another way I like to look at fights is showing scrappiness, showing heart and fight and just the aggressiveness that you want your team to show while on the actual field, while playing an actual game. So I don't mind fights. I know one of my best friends in high school was one of our best players and our head coach absolutely loved the fact that he was scrappy, got into a ton of fights, tried to even fight some opposing coaches. And and sometimes you enjoy that, that fire, that spark that kind of helps maybe motivate the rest of the team when they see, you know, one of their head guys going to battle like that and has their backs in situations uh, similar to that. So that's a good thing. Seven on seven. Seven on seven is always one of the more fun things to watch. I think it was probably the most interesting uh, series session to watch during the joint practices, mostly because that's when at least the two opposing teams going at it, whether it's the Chargers D, Rams O, or vice versa, that is when I think those groups are most equal to each other. Uh, The Chargers have a good group of wide receivers and a really good group of defensive backs. The Rams as well also have some really good receivers and some really good defensive backs. So you know you're going to get a ton of work out of seven on sevens. There's going to be plays going for the Rams, plays going for the Chargers, it's going to be a lot of ups and downs, and I think that's it's just such a good series and session to watch to see guys improve and get better against some of the best guys at their positions in the NFL. But when you roll in the offensive linemen and bring in Chargers offensive line, the Rams offensive line, then it starts to kind of skew the talent and... Uh, everything towards Los Angeles Rams. They have a very good offensive line. Andrew Whitworth at left tackle. You have Austin Blythe, who's an up-and-coming guy at guard. You have Rob Havenstein at the right tackle as well. They did lose some guys in Roger Saffold, but it's still a very good offensive line. And then their defensive line obviously has the best player in the NFL. That would be Aaron Donald. And you also have guys like Corey Littleton, who plays on the edge sometimes. You have Dante Fowler. And there are a few other names, and unfortunately, they're escaping me at the moment. But that is a good line. That is a very good line, headlined by the best player in the NFL. So when you have the Chargers offensive line going up against that defensive front, going up against Aaron Donald in general, Donald just tore through the Chargers offensive line. It was not a fun sight. I saw Forrest Lamb get manhandled. Didn't matter if it was Sam Tevy, Trent Scott, Dan Feeney, Pouncey, who probably had the best couple practices consistently for an offensive lineman in general. But you're never going to win against Aaron Donald. That's just kind of how it is. He's Aaron Donald. Uh, it's just how things are going to be. And then the Chargers also have, obviously, a very good defensive line and the edge presence with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. They had a fun time, made some plays against the Rams offensive line. Uh, I know Ingram got the best of Andrew Whitworth at some point. Bosa, Rob Havenstein uh, made a few plays, a couple of sacks on Jared Goff as well. But you guys kind of see what I'm talking about. I mean, this whole, the team is fairly 
even until you throw in the Chargers offensive line. And then things really do skew towards the Los Angeles Rams. So that's why 7-on-7 is a lot more fun to watch and to hear news about than seeing film of 11-on-11s where you just get to see that front five get manhandled by the Rams front. There's also no way that you guys missed the awesome, filthy route run by Keenan Allen during, I believe it was 11-on-11s, where he had that diving, full extension catch to grab the ball. It was you know, not a real third down, but that was the situation. And He ran this beautiful route. I think it was a, a, almost like a deep comeback stutter go where he set up the cornerback, set up the safety real well, took one step towards the sideline, maybe looking like a corner, and then he shuffled his feet, maybe like coming down for the comeback again but then stuck his foot in the ground, took off, and you see the safety come down and just pass Keenan on the screen, in and out of screen. And then Allen's just running, 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 full extension, balls in bounds, great catch, probably the best catch, or honestly, whole thing, best route, best catch that I've seen in camp. And I know Field Yates and a couple other ESPN pundits were big, big fans of that route. And even Keenan himself, he was mic'd up actually for the second Rams practice. And he said that was probably my best route, my best catch and everything that I've had in training camp so far. So that stuff is awesome to see. Awesome to see plays like that and then think of, oh, what could actually happen when, you know, the pads are on, the lights are on and everything's on for the regular season. I don't know. It's just an absolute blast to to think about in, in this whole offense in general, but don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves on that. There have been a handful of training camp stands up to, up to this point, quite a few actually, and what you kind of look for at this situation are who are guys that are consistently making plays every single day. Maybe it's just consistently not screwing up every single play, and, and there's quite a few guys uh, that have been doing just that, some younger guys, some veterans, some guys that maybe are expecting to take a big step this coming season, um, quite a few names, and, and guys that are exciting, guys that are exciting that uh, you, you guys obviously want to pay attention to, um, like the Forest Lamps of the world, and he may be on this list, who knows, but looking into standouts up to this point, I think one that is obviously the most obvious has been Mike Williams. Mike Williams has had an astounding training camp so far this guy is making touchdown catches spectacular touchdown catches every single day multiple times a practice it's absolutely amazing to see and it's a lot of the same stuff that he did during the regular season as well if you've gone maybe seen the uh, thread that I put together I think a couple months ago of all of Mike Williams touchdowns where I kind of broke down what was going on and how he succeeded and, and what he did right and wrong and stuff like that a lot of his touchdowns were jump ball, back shoulder fades near the end zone. Or it wasn't even in the end zone if you think about the one in the Seattle game where he tiptoed the sideline after he broke a touchdown. Like that type of stuff. Like grown man type touchdowns where he has to jump, high point the ball, and just take it away from the defender. So it's really awesome to see Mike Williams taking what looks to be a step forward, especially with Tyrell not being in his offense anymore. He's going to be pelted with... Plenty of targets. Uh, there's going to be plenty of them to go around with Williams out. Uh, Gates isn't here either, so there's going to be much more of a focus group of pass catchers, guys who are going to get those targets in this offense, and Williams is expected to absolutely eat. I don't think there's any real analyst, any of the LA beat writers that think Williams is going to regress too much, if at all, in 2019. A guy who recently stood out in yesterday's, the second of the joint practices with the Rams, was uh, veteran linebacker Thomas Davis. At, I think he's 36 years old, 15 years in the NFL, season 15 right here. This guy was staying stride for stride with Los Angeles Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup on a deep uh, crosser route in 7-on-7, and he was able to stay with him and bat the pass down for an incompletion. 
that was something to see. If you guys haven't seen a guy that once you realize just how much older he is than Cooper Cup, and again, this is a linebacker on a wide receiver, and one of the best wide receivers over the last two years, barring his injury in 2018, Cup's a stud. Uh, Thomas Davis, obviously, is still such a good linebacker. And if you guys remember Derwin's quote, I think it was a couple practices ago, that said, man, I thought I was a leader, but Thomas Davis is a watchdog. That guy is a leader. And that's just, again, something to keep in mind that Thomas Davis still has it. And everyone should be excited about what this guy is going to bring to the defense. I know I am. Um, Speaking of another defensive player, Mike Davis. Mike Davis has been the standout cornerback opposite Casey Hayward so far in training camp. Uh, One of the biggest themes going into training camp was the battle between him and Trevor Williams, who's going to kind of be the cornerback too. Because in 2017, it was Trevor Williams' job. In 2018, Williams had a little bit of an injury, and Mike Davis ended up starting, I think, nine of the 16 games. And uh, so going into this season, it was going to be Mike Davis versus Trevor Williams. And so far, Mike Davis is outplaying Trevor Williams. In Saturday's practice, he picked off Jared Goff, stepped in front of a, a pass intended for wide receiver Josh Reynolds. Uh, I think it was the only interception of Goff that day. So huge play, huge play by Mike Davis. And just in general, you're hearing Mike Davis's name much more often than you are hearing Trevor Williams. And sometimes that doesn't mean anything. And sometimes that means everything that you want it to mean. So at this point, I would say the inside route uh, for the cornerback two job has to be to Mike Davis. Everyone's prodigal son, and no, 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 actually, this is the other prodigal son, uh, not Forrest Lamb, but Hunter Henry has been amazing. He's been a touchdown machine, just like Mike Williams so far in training camp. Looks about as athletic as he's ever been. It looks like, you know, it honestly looks like he didn't ever even tore his ACL in, in the first place, but I am so excited for the Chargers to have their threat at tight end back in Hunter Henry. Uh, Last season, they obviously had Antonio Gates, Virgil Green, and Sean Colkin as their guys to make that tight end position, you know, somewhat dangerous. But Hunter Henry is his own show. He's his own player that he doesn't need anybody else to help make the tight end position strong and intimidating for other opponents, uh, excuse me, opposing players. Hunter Henry is his own guy, and I'm super excited to see him finally back in this offense. And I think finally... We all thought it was last year, this year, hope to God, it is Henry's breakout season. There's no one in his way. There's no one who should take snaps from him at tight end. It's it's all or nothing right now for Hunter Henry. Both running backs, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, have uh, reportedly been splitting the running back reps with the first team 50-50, um, with a little bit of Dietrich Newsome sprinkled in. And every day, you're hearing something good about Eckler, you're hearing something good about Jackson. And that's kind of, again, what you want to hear. There's no screw-ups, one's not kind of overtaking the other, they're both doing very, very well. You know, most of the time, the highlights that you see are Austin, you know, had a big gain on the ground, and then Justin Jackson caught a pass, took it for a big gain, or vice versa. Justin Jackson had a big gain on the ground, but then Eckler caught, you know, another ball in coverage, made a nice play uh, from Phillip Rivers. So it's exactly what we want to see. Um, Justin Jackson specifically had this really nice wheel route in seven on sevens in the first practice against the Los Angeles Rams, where uh, he took it to the house. It was beautiful. I think it was about 25, 30 uh, yards out. And again, I love the fact that both running backs that are supposed to be the you know stopgap for Melvin Gordon if he does not come back this season are able to still do somewhat of the same stuff. One, they both can catch, they both can run, um, and that's kind of all you can ask out of your running back at this point in the NFL. 
Uh, one guy that's a little under the radar, uh, probably won't be for that long, is wide receiver Artavis Scott fighting Jeremy Davis for that wide receiver four spot. And I think regardless of kind of how things turn out over the next couple weeks and through the preseason, Scott and Jeremy Davis are probably the team's wide receiver four and five going into the regular season. But I think Artavis Scott probably has the higher upside, much more potential to be the guy um, for the Chargers and actually make waves during the regular season. I think Jeremy Davis, he hasn't caught a pass since 2015 when he was with the Giants, excuse me, and... I don't think that's really going to change. I think Artavis Scott is going to be that guy. And, you know, he has returnability. He has slot ability. I think he can do a lot of things. He's a little bit shorter, smaller than most of the wide receivers that the Chargers like to use. But he's a guy. I mean, he didn't set records at Clemson for no reason. And I think teams can maybe expect a thing or two out of Scott in 2019. The next time you're listening to me on this podcast, the Chargers will have already played the Arizona Cardinals in their first preseason game of the season. That game is this week, August 8th. That's a Thursday, and it's going to start at 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, 10 a.m., or excuse me, 10 p.m. if you're me over here on the East Coast. Can't wait. Stay up until uh, 1 a.m. in the morning is when those things usually uh, end for me, but uh, super excited. I think even start to finish for a preseason game, that game is going to be interesting, so super pumped. Um, but looking ahead at this matchup, I'm not sure how much the starters are going to play. Anthony Lynn to this point has said that it's just kind of a wait and see in terms of if starters are going to play at all this preseason. I know he wanted to take a few things from the Rams notebooks because I don't think those starters played any, if at all, during last year's preseason. But uh, as far as watching the Cardinals and who we can expect to see on the field, Going against the Chargers, I think Kyler Murray is going to play a little bit at least. Uh, He is the first-team quarterback. Obviously, uh, he's not sitting behind Brett Hundley. And there was a a notification that just came out, if you guys follow, like, you know, fantasy podcasts or anything like that. But Kyler Murray has more. I think it's command and uh, responsibility and uh, just overall control over the offense that a lot of rookies don't normally get their first year um, in the NFL. So look forward to seeing a lot of Kyler Murray. And then if you guys remember, he still has Larry Legend. He's probably not going to play. David Johnson, probably not going to play as well. But rookies, Andy Isabella, very, very fast speedster from UMass. Hakeem Butler, their, I believe, third-round pick out of Iowa State. Huge 6'5", almost 230-pound wide receiver who's fast. Catch radius is phenomenal. Um, and they got a couple other guys like TJ Logan, Chase Edmonds, some good running backs that you'll probably see. Their offensive line isn't looking too hot. They did acquire right tackle Marcus Gilbert from the Pittsburgh Steelers, so he brings a veteran presence to that line. But looking at DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, uh, it's a toss-up between Mason Cole or A.Q. Shipley at center and J.R. Sweezy at right guard. And then we'll probably see a little bit of Christian Kirk, a second-year wide receiver for the Cardinals. Kevin White, former first-round pick of the Bears, kind of made his way around the league a little bit. Uh, right now, again, he's with the Cardinals. So he's currently the number three wide receiver, but I wouldn't be surprised to, again, see Isabella or uh, Butler, honestly, take over that spot. Actually, Keyshawn Johnson, I should say. Keyshawn Johnson's been making waves. A rookie wide receiver from Fresno State that was drafted after Isabella and Butler, but has been the front runner to possibly land in the Cardinals' first team three wide receiver sets. Uh, going back on defense, actually, Darius Fallon, former Chargers with the Cardinals now, signed with them in free agency. He was kind of one of those guys that I think could have made 
some more waves this year with the Chargers, but had to go somewhere and make his money. And, I, and he definitely earned it. I think the Chargers could have signed him, but money had to go elsewhere. And a couple other standouts. They have Terrell Suggs now on defense. Hassan Reddick, first, former first-round pick. Chandler Jones. Buddha Baker's a budding young safety. He's going to be amazing going forward. I wanted the Chargers to draft him uh, during that draft, 2018 uh, as well. So a lot of good talent. It's going to be an exciting game, whether the Char- uh, Chargers starters play or not. I can't wait, honestly. And I think that wraps everything up for this week, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Michael Peterson. You guys can go ahead and follow all of my work over at SB Nation's Bolts from the Blue. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter as well, at Zone Tracks, and the podcast Twitter handle, at PB Review Podcast. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe button. Leave those five-star reviews. I don't care if it's Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever it's called now, Spotify, wherever you guys watch your podcast. Smash the subscribe, five-star review. You know we appreciate it. Uh, guys, we got a good There's a football game. There's a Chargers football game this week. I hope you're as excited as I am. I hope that new intro has you guys as hyped as can possibly be. I hope you've had, you know, maybe just now, the goosebumps are finally leaving your arms and you can go enjoy your day like a normal person. But uh, once again, guys, this has been Michael Peterson. Appreciate all the love. Let's keep this thing going. Let's keep this thing going. Get the momentum going heading into the regular season when the Chargers finally take on the Colts in week one. It's been a blast. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your commute, whatever you're doing right now. Have a great Monday, and we will see you guys next week.